Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron and joining me today, returning to us is author Darby Bayham. Darby, thank you for coming back and joining us again. How are you? Hi, Aaron. Thank you for having me and so excited to be on here today. I love talking with you. Well, I don't even remember how long ago this was, like sometime in January or February. Love talking to the other ladies on Categorically Romance Pod and just really happy to be here. Yes, yeah, so well, we are we are super happy to have you back. So since we're rolling into the holidays, I have some holiday themed icebreakers for you. Are you ready? Hit me with it. Let's go for it. <laughs> uh, all right. What's one of your favorite holiday films? Okay, I feel like I'm going to regret saying this, not because I'm like regret the film, but you know how when anyone asks you your favorite, you have mm-hmm. a thing and then like 2 days later you're like, "Oh man, I should have said something else." Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But at least for the moment, my answer is The Holiday. Love, love, love that one. Yeah. I I need to actually watch that movie. Everyone talks about it. It's a good one. This this season, (laughs) definitely. It's going to get watched. I think it comes on like every cable channel at least five or six times throughout (laughs) throughout the holiday season. So you can't miss it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I will keep an eye out. Well, you're walking down the street in a great mood. What holiday song is playing in the background? It has to be TLC's Sleigh Ride for me. Um, it's like super upbeat and just gets me in the in the holiday spirit. Well, I just finished your most recent book. Well, and it could have been any of your books, but I was kind <laughs> of I was kind of expecting. Um, Mariah Carey's uh, um, All I Want for Christmas. (laughs) I know. That's a good one, too. (laughs) But that's not the one that I think I listen to, like, walking down the street. I listen to that trying to belt out my songs (laughs) in the shower. (laughs) 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 Thinking that I sound even a smidge like her. (laughs) (laughs) When do you prefer to begin your holiday shopping? Earlier the better for me. Um... I don't have like a set date, but what I would say is if it's Thanksgiving and I still have more than one or two people left, I am stressing all the way out, (laughs) which is not good for like Black Friday sales. But (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say you go right to the Black Friday lines. I know, but I have like such a big family that it would just stress me out to wait until like that gives you only three weeks to get it done. I don't know. I need to be. I need to have things ready way before then. Yeah. So it sounds like you put a lot of thought into everyone's gift. I try to. Yeah. Um, My family gets on me because they're like, oh, you give such thoughtful gifts and we don't know what to give you in return. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, I mean, it really just is about listening to people. Like if somebody talks about a thing three or four times, you kind of know that they want it. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) Especially with kids, you know, I feel like they're a little bit like sometimes they're harder because Mm -hmm. especially when you're dealing with teenagers, who knows what they want. Uh huh. But sometimes it's like they're pretty transparent. (laughs) If they talk about a game like five or six times, I think it's pretty clear which one they're going for. Uh huh. (laughs) What's your least favorite holiday side dish and what's your favorite? Okay, I don't know if this is controversial or not, 
But my least favorite, not because I don't like it, I've only had it once, but it would be fruitcake. That's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> not because it's bad. Like I had it once and it was it was all right. But there's so many good things that you, you can eat during the holidays. It's like, mm -hmm. why am I wasting my calories on uh -huh. fruitcake? Yeah. You know? <laughs> but it's such a big holiday food and I really don't understand why. I'm like, you could be eating so many amazing things, but fruitcake? Uh, I, don't I don't know. I hope you're not like a huge fruitcake fan. I'm like totally offended. I've actually, I've actually never seen one, so it's it's almost oh, like totally. still a mystery to me. And like, like this fruitcake joke, you're not missing anything. You're not. Okay. You're totally not. Um, favorite for me is I'm gonna lean on my New Orleans influence here and say gumbo, mm -hmm. and or. And likely baked mac and cheese. Oh, I gotta have both of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, wonder wonderful answers there. <laughs> All right. So since it's been uh, since we haven't had a chance to talk about this since it it came out, I have to first congratulate you on the release of Bloom Where You're Planted, which came out in June 2022. So please tell us about this book. Thank you so much. And and you know. I don't know if it's appropriate to do it, but shout out to you and the, the video that you made for it because I love it. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, Bloom Where You're Planted. It was such a, I don't want to use the world the word whirlwind, but it was mm -hmm. writing the second book. Um, it was like a really great experience. Um, and I think the thing to know about Bloom is that it follows one of the main, one of the characters that you meet in the Shoe Diaries if you read that one first. Um, but you don't need to read the shoe diaries first. Um, but the friend from the Friendship Chronicles that takes lead in Bloom is Jennifer Pritchett. Um, and she's a teacher. She is normally pretty upbeat and positive. But there's this big event that happens in the shoe diaries that she hasn't really mentally quite dealt with yet. And it's starting to make her question just a lot of things in her life. You know, is the career that she has, is that really what she wants to be doing? Um, what's her place among her friends? And then most critically, like, what's going on with her relationship? It's kind of stale. You know, she knows that she loves him, but it's not really what she wants it to be. And mm -hmm. so it really just follows the journey on her, like, figuring out her place back to happiness and her place back to you know, not comparing her life to that of the people around her and being able to open up to her partner and tell him what she desires and what she wants, reigniting that spark with them again, um, and just finding her way back to like a place where she feels more content and, and more like herself again. Yeah. 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 A lot of things that I think everyone can take away from, from that book <laughs> yeah. and, and work on themselves a little bit. <laughs> so this was the second um, Harlequin title that you wrote. Yeah. What was the difference in writing this one compared to compared to the second one or the first one? Excuse me. Well, the deadline was the biggest difference. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a deadline for the shoe diaries because I was off writing that for years on my own. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So certainly like owing something to my publisher <laughs> was a big, that put a, I had a lot of anxiety and pressure on mm -hmm. that. 
front. Um, and then I think also just knowing that it was for Harlequin this time around, I didn't, you know, when I was writing the shoe diaries, I didn't know for sure that that's who we would end up going right. with. Um, so for Bloom Where You're Planted, I knew like I'm writing for a Harlequin audience and broader. Um, and so, you know, obviously I wanted to keep in some of the things I loved and other and readers loved about the shoe diaries, but I also wanted to explore writing, I'm going to call them like some more steamier scenes in Bloom mm -hmm. Where You're Planted. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, really dig into this relationship and um, that Jennifer has with her boyfriend, Nick, and and figuring out like, what does that look like when you know you love someone, but things aren't quite how you want them to be. Uh -huh. um, and so that was probably the two biggest differences in writing this one, that one. <laughs> well, because because we we laughed about how many times it, well we we friendly laughed it wasn't it wasn't a mean laugh about how many times you okay. rewrote the shoe diaries how many times did you rewrite bloom or you're planted i'm glad that it was a friendly laugh i wrote the shoe diaries far too many times <laughs> for anyone who was thinking about writing you don't don't do what i did <laughs> um for bloom or you're planted honestly the deadline stopped me from being able to do any of that right mm -hmm. i had maybe about four and a half months to to write it. Um, okay. And I am not probably the fastest writer around. Um, so that was a that was a ordeal for me. Like I did it. I was very happy about it, but it did not allow for a rewrite. So, uh -huh. <laughs> so, so what that looked like for me was, you know, I did my full outline. I am certainly a plotter. Um, did my outline. Then I put together this process where like every three chapters or so I'd go back and read it and make sure that I didn't hate anything. And then, <laughs> and then I'd keep writing. Um, so I did that, had the full manuscripts and then I'm an editor in my quote unquote day job. So I cannot send something to anyone without editing it myself. Uh -huh. Um, and so I did two rounds of that and then sent it over to Harlequin um, and to my editor, Gail, amazing, and addressed Harlequin's edits. Um, and thankfully, none of that required a rewrite. So I was I was pretty excited about that. <laughs> how did you celebrate when you sent off those final revisions? Oh, my gosh. How did I celebrate? I mean, it's cliche for me, but I probably bought a pair of shoes. <laughs> That's okay. That's, that's well, 100% okay. I, shoes. I think my friends took me out for drinks. Um, mm. um, the guy I was seeing at the time, like he, he helped me celebrate. I think we had like a dinner or something, but nothing too dramatic. It was still during like the height of the pandemic. So it wasn't like I was taking a trip internationally or anything like that. Uh -huh. Although I would love to, but yeah, those are those are probably my biggest ways to celebrate yeah. that kind of thing. All the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's talk about London Calling now. That comes out October 2022, which which is now. Congratulations yeah. on the third book in the Friendship Chronicles. Thank you. Yeah. Can you <laughs> can you give us the elevator pitch for this one? Okay. A young woman moves to London and hits the ground running on the job front but her luck in dating doesn't go so well, leaving her wondering if she'll ever be able to have both a successful career and love. That is, until she meets her coworker's charming brother, 
But is she willing to give him a chance after so many false starts? You tell me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sold. Yeah. (laughs) So you you broke up the friend group, at least geographically, in in this book here. So please, (laughs) please tell us how you came to make that decision. And did you always know that that Robin was going to move away? I did. Um, I remember, Aaron, I remember, I remembered um, when you and I spoke and you asked me, now, how is Robin's story going to play out in a special edition book and not a presents? And yeah. I didn't know how to answer that without giving it away. Right. So I feel like I blabbered something that was completely incoherent and you were gracious <laughs> enough to be like, okay, sure. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I always knew she would be moving. Um, I tried to like tease that in mm-hmm. the first book. Um, I also knew that Reagan would be moving, which I also tried to tease in the first book. And I think the biggest thing for me was with this like global environment that we live in, it's just, I don't know how realistic it is that all your best friends live in the same city with you these uh-huh. days, right? Yeah. Um, And maybe that is a reflection of my friend group. A lot of my best friends I met in college. So we are all extremely close. But for the most part, we have not lived in the same city with each other in a while. Like I might have, I have one who lives in New York. I have my New York village, as I like to call them. Um, But a lot of my like, the people who would be in my wedding party live in Louisiana, live in like Scotland, live in DC, (laughs) California, like all those places. And it takes intention to keep those relationships strong, right? It's not the same thing Mm -hmm. as just getting up and after work going out for happy hour. Um, And so I wanted to show that. I wanted to show like, okay, you've gotten to meet these, this friend group, you know that they're really close. How do they manage, you know, what happens when, they can't just like meet up for nachos every uh-huh. Wednesday or something like that, uh-huh. right? And I can tell you for my friends, it's a lot of WhatsApp text messages. <laughs> it's a lot of plans, you know, and trips to see each other. Um, and so that's what I tried to input into into London Calling as well, to just show that that aspect of the story. Well, so now that we can talk about it, you you did pull a bait and switch on us there with, with, <laughs> from the shoe, the shoe diaries. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. I, I, so I, I didn't read the blurb or anything on the back, and I just, I just started go, just started reading. I'm like, wait, wait a second, what's happening here? <laughs> this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> well, it, it all, you know, it Aaron, all worked my out. Books, you have to be ready for, for the twists and the turns. You know. Yeah. <laughs> That's like my slogan, be ready for the twists and the turns in Darby's book. (laughs) Yes, well, I won't ever underestimate you again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not to repeat myself, but how was writing this book, the third book, different from the the first and the second? And did you you have to rewrite this one at all? I did not rewrite this one either because I had even less time to write it. I know. It's totally my fault. Um, Nothing to do with Harlequin. I just did not plan appropriately for writing London Calling while I was on tour. Tour. It was virtual (laughs) mostly, but... Um, for Bloom Where You're Planted. <laughs> Darby asked me to put a correction in here. She was promoting the Shoe Diaries, not Bloom Where You're Planted during this time. 
Like uh-huh. I just did not factor in that that would be extremely difficult to do. And so by the time that tour ended, I had about two months, two and a half months to write oh, wow. London Calling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, so that certainly meant no rewrites. Um, and it meant that whole like write three chapters and read them thing that went out the window as well. I just had to write. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was good because it it forced me to release a lot of those perfectionist strings I was still holding on to. Oh yeah. Um, you know, even when you think like, oh yeah, no, I've I've I'm not doing that stuff anymore. Like I was still holding on to some things. Um, and my therapist was like, you know, most people don't edit their work two times before they send it to their editor. Because <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> I was I was stressing. I'm like, how am I going to do all this in two and a half months? I don't have time for da da da. And she was like, you have time to do exactly what you are supposed to do, which is write it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I did. I wrote it. And I'm not going to lie. I did do a one sweep. I did do a sweep because I just could not. Mm-hmm. Like, I would feel like I was doing Gail a disservice sending her something that I had not read at least once to make sure, like, I liked it, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did that, sent it over to her, and then, you know, went through the same, like, Harlequin process. Um, and turns out she loved it. And, and all was well. So, you know, there you go. Well, no need all, for rewrites this time around either. <laughs> that is great. Yeah, I I, I agree. All was well there. <laughs> yeah. Well, this being a book in the Friendship Chronicles, Robin does quickly find a friend in London. Uh, I don't think I'm the only one that gave Liv the side eye at first. Just thinking, yeah. mm, who's who's this person <laughs> just just stepping in here? This, <laughs> yeah. And and the other friends in the book gave her that as well. So, uh, can you tell us how you came up with Liv's character? Yeah, I just think that that's so real, right? Like, if you have a group of really close friends, and all of a sudden that friend meets someone else, everyone's looking at them like, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna like. Be nice, but you have to prove some things. <laughs> um, and hopefully she did. Um, but but really, the main reason behind Live was I just don't. I think I've said I wrote this in a blog for Harlequin. I don't know how characters and people um, go through relationship trials and struggles and desires and all that stuff for love without someone close, like without somebody there to walk through it with them. Um, And so I needed Robin to have someone in London with her beyond Mm -hmm. these weirdo dudes who she's connecting with (laughs) when she first gets there, you know, like she needed something local to make London start to feel like home. And so she still has like her girls back in the States, but a place doesn't really start to feel like home until you have your village there, right? Mm-hmm. The people who, who you connect with there. And so that was the main reason behind Live. I did a lot of, thankfully, I, I know at least four or five people who have lived in the UK for an extended period of time. And I was connected with someone who lives there now who is from 
the United States. Um, and so I talked to them, picked their brains for hours. Mm-hmm. Kudos to them. <laughs> talked to them about like what, who were the kind of people that you befriended when you got there? Like, what was it like when you first moved to London? And, you know, it's not like you have to worry about learning a new language, but you have to learn different cultures and and different norms and you know just all kinds of stuff going to a new country um yeah and like what are the places that you would actually go to and the activities that you would actually do i've been to london a couple times but i never lived there and it's totally different you know when you are visiting than when you Uh live there yeah um and so all of that also went into liv's character you know to have someone who could joke and tease Robin about like, why are you living in this super touristy neighborhood? Like nobody else does this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, you needed someone who was from there to be able to have that voice, that that UK voice to say like, okay, Robin, like I see what you're doing here, but girl, you still got some ways to go to, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to really delve in, you know? Um but yeah, that was, I'm not sure if I answered your question fully there, but that was, that was the impetus for her and, and how her character sort of grew. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, probably most important to the, the relationship part of the storyline is I needed someone to have a brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> I needed someone to have a brother for, for Robin to finally meet. I was talking to a friend of mine who, I was talking to someone recently who mm-hmm. who was talking to me about the book and she admitted she missed the reference to Craig in the beginning. Oh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. He was like, oh yeah, I forgot that Liv talks about her brother early on because she had gotten so caught up in all the other guys that Robin is dating mm-hmm. um, and got invested in, in one of them in particular And I was like, yeah, that's because that's life, right? Like someone randomly mentions someone who you're not even thinking about. Uh (laughs) And then, hey, that happens to be the person who isn't the dodo like the other people. (laughs) Uh Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. That's very similar to how my partner and I I met um, our, our friends were telling each of us that we needed to meet each other over and over. And we were just, you know lived in separate cities at that time. We're like, I okay, sure. That. Yeah. So, sometime. Yeah. I love that. Can you tell my friends to do the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> just, just point me to their DMS and I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. <laughs> well, so the book mostly focuses on Robin's dating life in her, in her new, her new London setting. Mm-hmm. And some of the dates she goes on are just, doozies they're bad they're so bad (laughs) so please tell us these these were not written from personal experience so thankfully most of them were not though i guess some pieces of them are loosely based um because for better or for worse i can pull from a lot of those experiences um when i'm writing (laughs) so for example like the one where the first one, right? Where the uh-huh. guy ends up. <laughs> yeah. We'll try not to spoil it. Um, that didn't exactly happen, but I certainly, I did go on a date. This was soon after I moved to New York. Um, I went on a date with the guy. It was going so well. I was like, this is 
okay, New York, like I see what you're doing here. Uh-huh. <laughs> it went on too long. And it only I only know that it went on too long because he drank too much because it went mm-hmm. on too long. Yeah. And by the end of the night, he was telling people that I was the person he was going to marry. And I was like, I don't even know if we've gotten to the point where I know your middle name. Like, we're not there. Yeah. Yet. yeah. <laughs> we're not there yet. Um, so, so, so that's the, that's what I mean. Like there's, there's some loosely based things in there, mm-hmm. um, but not, not anything where hopefully any one person will be like, oh my God, that was me. Or if they do, then, you know, you shouldn't have done it. That's your bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah. The uh, the dates that go too well, almost, and we get too excited about things. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or the sure. other person gets too excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, going back to live for a second here, uh, you, yeah. you planted some seeds there in the story that give me a little bit of hope that maybe she'll have her own book. Can you confirm or deny this? I can confirm that I want her to. Yes. Okay. We are actually in negotiations with Harlequin right now. So that's exciting. Um, But she is part of the proposal that I submitted to them uh, to to have a book of her own along with a couple other people. So we're talking about extending the series and, you know, just in that lovely contract negotiation phase. Uh (laughs) But... But yeah, I that's that was the hope. I actually this is probably no surprise to you, Aaron, but I started psyching myself out about like whether I whether I wanted Liv to have a book. Uh-huh. I was like, what are you talking about? Like you set it up for her to have a yeah. book. <laughs> Everything doesn't have to be twisty and turny, Darb. Like you set it up. You've hopefully gotten readers invested in this character enough that they want to know what happens with her so yeah so that is that is the hope fingers crossed (laughs) all right well i'm crossing mine as well thank you (laughs) so just throwing in a question here or or really a comment the the way you write romance it's so different from from a lot of the romances that that we read the love story takes such a different path and getting the just getting the single perspective, it just changes the the dynamic of the story so much. Uh, it, it's really it's really great to to read your books because it is such a different experience. So can you Thank talk you. about how you how you craft that feeling? Oh man, um, I mean honestly, I just think romance has it's such a large umbrella and can take so many different ways to tell a story, um, and I think that's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sure, I, I think that there are some traditional ways to tell it. And I love those. I absolutely do. That is not typically what I feel most comfortable, like the style I feel comfortable uh-huh. writing. in. I, I feel most comfortable writing something where you can really like dig into that one person's head and know all of the like doubts and fears that they are grappling with in order to get to the point where they are comfortable with the idea of either falling in love with someone, staying in love with someone, exploring like a second chance romance, like that kind of stuff. It's it's more about like the journey to get to the love story mm-hmm. for me. Um, and that's probably a reflection of, of my personal life where even when I'm talking to friends, the way that I tell stories about like, 
dates or relationships or whatever. I'm like giving you all the, <laughs> all <laughs> the other stuff. <laughs> um, all right. We've got to get there first. <laughs> yeah. We've got it because I don't know my, my parents for better or for worse, were very into like, you are an independent young girl and then an independent young woman and then an independent woman. And so your story isn't dependent on like whether or not you have this like happily ever after. Uh-huh. Um, it is lovely sprinkles on the cake, but like that's not what your aim is. And so I have had to like become more comfortable with the idea of blending someone else in my life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> that's not a natural thing for me. And I like exploring that in other characters, you know, of mm-hmm. like, how did this person get to the point where like, they're okay with the idea of spending the rest of their life with someone like that's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's a fairy tale and it's a lovely happy ever after. And I grew up watching the little mermaid and all that stuff. And so you, you aim for it, but, but that's a big deal to like, think, yes, this, this person is the one mm-hmm. or however you choose to like celebrate, you know, to have your relationship. Maybe it's these people are the two or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's just very interesting for me to get that person to the point of that. Um, yeah. Hopefully others agree. <laughs> but... one, one of my favorite moments in this one was when it, it's near the end, but the, the friend group is, is really just like, giving Robin kind of a, a verbal smack to the side of the yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And I, th- I thought it was great because, you know, sometimes we all need our friends to, you yeah. know, set us, set us straight again. You need that external person to be like, okay, maybe things haven't gone how you wanted them to before, but mm-hmm. you're staring happiness in the face and you're running from it. Like get your bleep together. (laughs) (laughs) Get it together. (laughs) Well, I I won't spoil it, but I was almost done reading this book and I thought I'd make it through without crying, but you just, you just had to get, get that dagger out and stab me with it. Right, right there near the end. (laughs) My question is why, why do you do this to us? (laughs) Why, why? (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know what scene you're talking about. I'm not going to say it's not intended to make you cry because Mm -hmm. if you cried to me, that means that like you loved that storyline in the shoe diaries and Mm -hmm. it still brings up like emotions in you, which it does for me, even writing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think for me, for this, particularly for this friend group, um, you don't get to see them with each other that much in the book. Yeah. Um, in London, calling like there, it's a lot of texting. But at this point, they're finally like in person. You know, they're with each other, and it was important for me to not leave that other element out mm-hmm. of their bond because that's always going to be like a really important part of their story. And I didn't want to just like leave it back in the shoe diaries and never come back to it. Yeah, yeah, it. it... It was a beautiful moment, listeners, but mm-hmm. just, oh, but it just breaks your heart. Mine too. All right. Well, getting to some round outs, what is one hill you will wholeheartedly die on? 
Grey's Anatomy is not a guilty pleasure. That is my hill. Oh, yes. We we here at the podcast say there is no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Exactly. So so really, that's the the addendum to the hill is that what is a guilty pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of times stories that have a, a target audience that is possibly female centric or mm-hmm. centered around those who identify as women, um, they get that like tag of being a guilty pleasure Uh Um, when it's like those stories are just as hard to come up with. They're just as intricate and and detailed and good writing as your game of Thrones, which I love also, but you know, Mm -hmm. like your homelands and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and I think I think of Grey's Anatomy first because one, I'm a, super fan. Like I've watched all 18 seasons, probably more than once. When I would like talk to my guy friends about watching it, they'd be like, Grey's Anatomy. I'm not watching Grey's Anatomy. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, 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 you should, because it's like Game of Thrones in a hospital. Like you never know who's going to (laughs) die. You absolutely never know. (laughs) There's all kinds of stuff happening. As soon as you fall in love with the character, they're gone. Don't get too happy. <laughs> yeah, don't get um, attached. <laughs> um, and I actually convinced a few of them to watch it, and they were like, "Man, this writing is so good! Like, I, I hadn't, I would have never thought it was for me." Uh-huh. Um, and I feel like that happens in romance a lot of times too. Like, you know, bless you, Aaron. I don't think you get a lot of like guys who are like clamoring for romance, and they're so missing out. Oh, they are. Yeah. They're missing out so much because it's been deemed as a guilty pleasure or it's Mm -hmm. been deemed as like frivolous stuff that these little like housewife women. And that is so not true. (laughs) No, no, not at all. (laughs) It's so not true. Like I've had my perspective on so many things changed reading different romance novels, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, anyway, clearly this is my hill because I'm like going on and on. But <laughs> I, I totally agree with you. Like, what is a guilty pleasure? I want to like smack the person who came up with <laughs> with the phrase. Yeah. <laughs> We're on that hill together. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's a romance you've read within the past year that reminded you of why you love the genre? The Perfect Find, I would say, by Tia Williams. Um, now Tia Williams, if anyone's ever listened to me, you know that I'm like a big Tia Williams fan. And she also had seven days, seven days in June, I think is what it's called come out. That was like her most recent book, but the perfect find for me, um, came out a few years ago and I had been waiting for her to do something since accidental diva because she had done like a bunch of YA books in the, in the like interim. And when I read the perfect find, it was just sort of like, like my best friend came back. (laughs) This is it. I love this book. I think I read it like two or three times. I talked to my book club and my friends about it. (laughs) Um, And it was around the time that I was probably on like whatever iteration of the shoe diaries. (laughs) Um, And it inspired me to like get back on it and, and, you know, Oh, that's great. What I needed to do to get that writing out into the world. Well, then one film you will never stop watching. Love Jones. Uh, There's a reason that it comes up a few times in London (laughs) Calling. 
Um, I think it it came out sometime in the like mid nineties. I was probably far too young to be watching it, but <laughs> but I did, and I have it on DVD. Even though I don't know that my DVD player still works, mm-hmm. I have it on like saved on my DVR, and uh-huh. I have it on whatever platform. I think it might be like Prime or something like yeah. that. <laughs> like, yeah. Love Jones is one of those ones that. If it comes on TV, I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. If we're having a movie night, I'm suggesting it. <laughs> like <laughs> I can watch it. I probably know all the words, but thankfully I'm not one of those people that like repeats the words while you're watching it with them. Uh-huh. Um, I that is my my gift to the to my friends. But I will watch it all day long. Um, even though there are now some parts of it that probably wouldn't get made in 2022 like in our environment now uh-huh. but um the nostalgia for me as it was the first black love story i saw on film yeah. um and so it just it just is the moon and the stars for me yeah mm. well are you working on anything now that you can tell us about well the biggest thing is i submitted those proposals to Harlequin. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) hopefully um, we will be extending the series for the Friendship Chronicles. Um, That's at least three books. So (laughs) so that's the hope. And I'm also working on a standalone book that I don't want to give too much away about, but that one is challenging me in a different way. Like I'm, I'm, I am attempting to do a third person point of okay. view in that one a longer book so you know more in like the 80 to ninety thousand word okay. range um and so we're at the proposal stage with my agent to like get that one get a deal for that one so that oh. is fingers crossed those two big things are, are on the horizon <laughs> very exciting well lastly where can everyone follow you online super easy twitter and instagram are all the same it is at darby Bayham. D-A-R-B-Y-B-A-H-A-M, as in mom. And then my website is also really easy. It's my name again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, DarbyBayham.com. So uh, I guess my lack of creativity in in names and titles makes it easy to find me. So that's what what I'll say there. Well, Darby, it is it is always so fun to talk to you. So thank you for coming on the podcast again and, and spending some me, time Aaron. with me. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime, come back. Just just shoot <laughs> us an email and we'll figure it out. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Listeners, check the show notes where you can find all the places you can follow Darby online and as well where you can find the Categorically Romance podcast. But until the next time, happy reading and we will see you in the next episode. <laughs>